I like that. This song's cool. It's like dirty. Yeah, that bass. Mm-hmm. Produced by your by your guy. This is Brendan. No, no, Eric. 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 <laughs> My fucking buddy. I wish. Eric, isn't that the name of the bad guy from Billy Madison? <laughs> I do. I I wish I had some delicious delicious Triscuit crackers. <laughs> <laughs> This song's cool because it's just like all hooks. It is. It's like, because it has like a cool, crazy chorus coming up, but this is just, you know. He's got like the, one of the most iconic like rock voices. Yeah. Well, I think what's cool about the, their band and like this song is they have like a jazz chord structure kind of like to how the tune goes. Like it could be like a Frank Sinatra song, yeah. but played with very rock and roll style. Juice, and rock and, rock and roll harmonies. Yeah. yeah. Nice oh, whisper. Oh, I never noticed the whispers. Yeah. yeah. Headphones, <laughs> The man. whisper song. <laughs> and, like, something I really like about their guitars is they sound dirty and nasty, but they're not that loud. No, they're not. Right? Like, the ride cymbal. Yeah, it's is cutting like... through. <laughs> is that Dave Grohl on yeah. drum, right? Yeah, this is, this is Dave Grohl. Did he do the whole album with that? I, th- I think so. And yeah. the album's really good. Yeah. I really like this. The whole album's dope. Yeah, I really like Go With The Flow. Oh, nice. A ton. But this one's so good. Yeah, that bass line. Yeah, some weird oh, backup cool. vocals. Ooh, harmony. They always make me feel like I'm like, I've had like a fair amount of peyote and I'm like buying something turquoise in Tucson. While driving a muscle car, yeah. <laughs> like you got, this is like a muscle car. But song. It's like a muscle car, and like I'm wearing a muscle shirt, but like, and like I have like well-defined arms, but like I'm also fat, <laughs> <laughs> which is almost like what I'm like right now. <laughs> I like the distortion on his vocals too. Yeah, it's cool. It's really, like I really like his vocal sound. I know it's good. Yeah, man. I wonder what that what that is. I mean, it's him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's Dave Grohl on backup vocals too. Sounds like on the him. on the O's. Yeah, because he got he got a pretty a voice I'm familiar with. Yeah, season two episode. <laughs> monkey bone, monkey wrench, monkey, 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 monkey bone. <laughs> Welcome to listen to this, a podcast in which we explore songs we like. We research what they mean, how they were recorded, why they were written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. Today, we're getting weird with one of the most popular stoner rock tracks of all time. I yeah, love that that's a genre. Rock. love that that's a genre. Did the wiki say that? No, it, I, it's, it's out there. People oh, it's just call out it there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't it's know like that. It's like bands like rock. them, Caius. It's like Tools kind of in there. Yeah. E- Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like bands that are like rock, but it's a little bit psychedelic, yeah, but yeah, not yeah, like yeah. very progressive. Right. Um. It's it's the song No One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age, the Stoner Age. Stoner Age. I'm a Stoner. The Bronze Age. (laughs) The Bronze Age. Queens of the Bronze Age. (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) The song was a top 40 hit, topping the U.S. alternative charts, and was nominated for a Grammy Award. (laughs) It was released on November 26, 2002. It was written by Josh Home. Homie? What what the fuck is it? What up, Hemi? Hemi. <laughs> it was it was written by Josh Hammy and Mark Langian and was produced by Hemi. <laughs> Hemi. 
<laughs> Along with Eric Valentine, who, who we've done a few songs of his now. Yeah, right? we are. I guess we are like super fans. We're in the bag because yeah. he produced "What's It Feel Like to Be a Ghost," which yep. I think was season two. Yeah, and then also the first one of the couple first couple songs we did season two, "Jumper" by Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. my god! Right? Oh my god! Yeah. What a sick song! <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a great producer. I know those three songs could not be any different. I know. I, I gotta ask, like Luke, what does it take to be somebody who can be very versatile? In, 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 in terms of like being a producer or even a mixer or like whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That's like a really good I question. Know. It's a really good question. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, like what <laughs> does it take to be like versatile? And I think what it takes to be versatile is experience. Yeah. Like Eric Valentine has been doing it for, you know, longer than I've been alive, I think. Yeah, yeah. It just, versatility, I think, just comes with experience, comes with age, you know, because like, how do you learn how to do something? It's by doing it. Yeah. It's like you make rock records, you learn how to do rock records. You make rap records, you learn how to make rap records. You don't you don't just like go to school and you're like, oh, I know how to make a rock record. You know? Yeah, but is it like maybe he maybe you view all the different genres as like having elements in common, or is th- maybe it's something in you that you bring to everything? I feel like what him and someone like Rick Rubin both have who both are like they're probably super, the most versatile yeah, yeah, out yeah. there like hit, hits across genres across yeah, across genre yeah decades and genres is they under they they see music from like a, a macro point of view mm-hmm. it doesn't ma- matter whether it's a rap song or a rock song they understand what how the elements of the music, whether it's the drums, the vocals, they understand how these elements define the song and interact with the song. That's, I think that's what makes you versatile is understanding how yeah. the music works with the composition. Being able to zoom out a to little zoom bit out, and like yeah. not get kind of bogged down in the details. Exactly. Yeah, I, sometimes I, I run into that problem a lot myself. It's like I become so into like various parts of the process as opposed to being kind of focused on like what I want the desired outcome to right, be. Right, exactly. Like, it's like, what are we really doing here? Exactly. That's a really good point. Damn, this is, I'm, I, I like the song already. I like yeah, I know, I'm into it. <laughs> the title of the song is funny because it's true. According to Hami himself, quote, it's a mystery, no one knows. No one knows. So what do you think it's about? <sighs> no one knows, I don't know, fuck. I don't know. I don't know. What ro- I don't, the rock songs like at this era are so esoteric. I know. I'm like, I don't know the fuck they're singing about. It's, I know I like it the way it sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's pe- it's better sometimes to not to not know because like a lot of times when you find out what a song's about, that's all you can think about. Right. It's got, it's kind of like similar to like you know when you are like really into a book. And then they make a movie out of it. And then yeah, you see like how yeah, Harry yeah, Potter yeah, looks. Yeah, and then yeah, when you yeah. try to read the book, you're like, oh. Yeah, you see, you see. I'm like thinking about celebrities. Like Game of Thrones, not as fun with when you watch it. Yeah, well, I didn't back watch into it. The book. Oh, so you don't know what those pe- those actors I, and I, shit. I, wa- like, I watched a little bit of season one, a yeah. couple episodes of season two, because my roommate was watching it. So I, I like saw. And what's actually what I do like sometimes though is when I do read a book and they make an adaptation and the character does look like how I pictured. Oh, them. cool! Yeah, because that confirms your like imagination. My imagination, like yeah. I like there's the Netflix series for The Witcher, mm-hmm. and I had worked my way through those books and I had an idea in my head of what The Witcher looked like, um, sans the video games because I don't have a video game system or anything. Mm-hmm. And, but when the Netflix guy came out, I was like, that's what I pictured in my head. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool, you know. Same thing with like Gandalf. When you like picture yeah, Gandalf, he looks just like he that. looks just like how you expect him to look. <laughs> Lord of the Rings did a good job with like what characters 
probably yeah, looked like. Yeah, I think like. so. I think that one was good. They did a good job. Um, this song, No One Knows, features Josh Homie on guitar and vocals. Nick Oliveri on bass. Could be Italian. Could be. Could be. Mark Lanigan on backing vocals. And some scrub named Dave Grohl on drums. Scrub. So Dave Grohl was a drummer for Nirvana. Yep. Then he became maybe as popular and successful as the lead singer and primary songwriter of the Foo Fighters. Yep. And for some reason in this era, he just like plays on this kind of unknown yeah. band's record. Yeah. It's pretty fucking weird. Yeah. I mean, he had done drums for Tom Petty on that one record, yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, he, well, the fact that he was playing drums like makes sense. And it's like, he, well, yeah, because he, he was a drum. And yeah. he was really good. And it's like, Tom Petty is awesome. And like, uh, you know, he played it on the Tenacious D album. Yeah, and that's like, right. like Those guys were like, at least Jack Black was like somewhat of a movie star. It's like when he played on Queens and Stone Age, I remember everyone being like, what the fuck is going on? It was such a cool move because yeah. they were like a band that people were aware of because I want to say they had like the song Little Sister maybe or maybe yeah, that was yeah. later. But uh, it was just weird to see him on there. I wish like rock musicians did more things like that. Yeah. And if I remember right, the lead singer... Josh Hemi. Is that really how it's pronounced? I don't know. Oh, I was like, you're saying it with such confidence. Hemi. <laughs> um, and Dave Grohl have been good friends. And oh, were really cool. good friends. I think that's how it all like kind of panned together. Because eventually they started a super group. Yes. Um, called Them Crooked Vultures. Which is sick. Yeah, really good. And features John Paul Jones on bass. I know who kills it. Yeah, yeah. He was in a little group called Led Zeppelin. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty famous. Yeah. But you don't like them, right? I'm up in the air about some of the members. <laughs> Jimmy Page. I mean, he's okay. He's Robert okay. Plant's cool. But you like the bass player. I like the bass and drums. Yeah, on yeah Led I Zeppelin. agree. The drums are cool. Yeah, like to me, like if, if I had to like define what I think makes Led Zeppelin great as a musician, it's definitely the drums. The so bass. like this song, like Led Zeppelin always, people always talk about how heavy the drums kind of sound and stuff. So no one knows feels super heavy too, but in a totally different way. Yeah. So like what the hell does heavy mean? It can mean that's that's like when you get in like I'm having like PTSD yeah <laughs> as a mixer. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up, but let's let's explore that because feeling. people assign words to things they feel that they mean. Yeah. So like heavy to you is going to mean different than heavy to me, which means heavy mm-hmm. to someone else, and like that's what makes creating music and communicating about music so hard. Yeah. Is because there's no. It could mean so much, and that's why we we create we create systems like musical notation because right. then that we can it's very easy to communicate. What if we yeah. have musical notation for mixing songs? I, th- I think we should, right? <laughs> because like he- like maybe a better like maybe people are like, oh, it sounds heavy, and I don't want it to sound heavy, right? Maybe like people should say like, I would like it to be less heavy. Right. Or more heavy as opposed to being like, it is this. It is heavy. Because maybe that communicates a little bit more. Right. I don't know. And it's is- like, is heavy bad or is heavy good? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like heavy can be bad, heavy can be good. It's like, it's so murky. Like the. The way we talk about music. Yeah. Is it can can really create some interesting things going that- on. And watching two gu- guitar players communicate apart to each other is the craziest thing. <laughs> the doodly daddlies. Yeah, doodly daddlies. And oh, it goes one, two, three, three, five. Yeah. One <laughs> and then and then you do the thing. Yeah. I remember that on the Tenacious D album where like Jack Black writes the one note song, and then he's the other guy KG is like, yeah. oh, but you didn't write this, and he starts playing the one note song, and Jack Black's like, I did, I told you to do the bandy, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a total guitar player move. Yep. That's so cool, dude. His bass tone is sick on this. What do you think's going on? Just, Just like nasty and low. Yeah. How every down tuned. Every time I like try to distort. Or like overdrive a bass guitar. I feel like it sucks a lot of like the butt out of it. 
How do you put that back in? It's tough because like when you distort things, that's essentially what you're doing. Like yeah. as you distort something, you're going to sacrifice some of the low end, but you make up with it by adding mid range. Oh, which kind of feels like low end if it's like fucked and, up a yeah, little bit. And not mid range, like two to four to five K. It's like 900 hertz, one K make it like kind of honk a little bit at you. Yeah. I have to check that out. Cause I've not like been super successful with overdrive sounds. Yeah. It can be really hard sometimes, it was, yeah. but it's, pumping on this record yeah this one yeah. is. Mm-hmm. and then how, like in terms of like how do you make a guitar that sounds really aggressive and unwieldy like behave is that just like a compressor well a guitar amp essentially is a compressor really yeah because like when you distort something you're compressing it you're like if you ever looked at you know when you're looking at pro tools and you record a big electric guitar it's just like a square yeah 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 just because it's already compressed like the amp distorting it is already taken like when you record a di it's all twinkly like it's like little transients and then it goes through this amp and the amp just crushes it and distorts it and compresses it oh that's pretty cool so like a lot yeah, of times it makes perfect sense i don't know i never thought yeah about so it like sometimes that. you don't even compress electric guitars that are heavy because yeah. they're already so compressed but what about the like all the like weird amp noise and stuff that you would expect if you've got like a cranked amp because like on this track it every single noise seems like they did it on purpose. Right. It's like it's not like the amps not just like running wild. No, no, yeah, like so there's a couple of things either like manual editing like going in there and like carving things right. out, using gates, like open and closing mm-hmm. gates, and also using multiband compressors. Oh cool, yeah. Where like you know when you normally use a compressor you're compressing the whole signal from top to bottom, low to yeah. high end. But a multiband compressor will allow you to only do the low end or only do the high end or select a band of frequency ranges. So like if you're palm muting and you're getting this like woofing sound, mm-hmm. you can hone in on where that woofing sound is and just compress that one little part. Oh, that's so cool. What's, and then when you open it up and it stops. What's the men- most bands on a compressor? Um, like, do they have one that's like a thousand band compressor? They do. Really? Yeah, they have one that's, they say it's infinite. No, how does that even work? It says that it, it virtually take it, it can compress, it can compress every single that's, thing. That's so funny. It's a new plugin. What do you normally use? Like, normally people if, get away with like having a four band, yeah, five yeah. band, you know, so, so you can kind of like carve the different areas of the spectrum i wonder what um mixer is going to be like only the infinite i will compress every, exactly yeah, no. exactly it, it, like and the shit kills your computer because it's it's so processing heavy <laughs> like i i needed oh, it i thought it was going to be a uh, piece of outboard gear oh it's like it's just massive <laughs> like you have to like call the other guy hey, turn yeah. it down a little bit no you like ride a a golf cart yeah, from one end to the other but somebody drives you of obviously course. of course <laughs> thanks so much y'all for listening to this podcast please spread the word about this podcast in real life we're on Instagram Patreon I'll put a link to those websites in the show notes we've got a few episodes left on season 3 and we're coming back with season 4 the best of 2000s rock we're gonna try something a little different a little tracked a little creed Headstrong will take it on. <laughs> she fucking hates me by puddle of mud. So many D's in that band name. You're so right. many unnecessary <laughs> D's. <laughs> Make sure that you rate and review our podcast and let some people know. We really appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. Have a great day. <laughs>